What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to a Maps Step Back podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, said that I'm rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking hats. Dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the calibers. Flow the master best. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Step Back. A Mavs podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Galatson. Uh, tonight we have a real treat for you guys. A special guest. He's the host of the Will Kane Show on ESPN Radio. You can catch him on First Take from time to time. It's Will Kane. How's it going, Will? What's up, fellas? It's going really well. Yeah, Will. He, if I if I got this right, you live in New York now, right? But you are a Texas guy. That's right. I was born and raised in Sherman, which is about an hour north of Dallas. Um, I've been a fan of every Dallas team since as long as I can remember: Mavs, Cowboys, Rangers, and Texas Longhorns since since uh, since seeming like birth. Right. So. You- so you're you're a self-proclaimed Mavs fan for life. Uh, that that'll lead us right into our first topic. Uh, the Mavs went into this year's free agency, uh, having swung that big trade for Kristaps Porzingis uh, earlier in the season, and then they turned around and flipped Harrison Barnes to the Kings and opened up uh, almost near max cap space and. Uh, it free agency just didn't really seem to go as planned, and obviously the Mavs and their front office they they have a way of trying to uh, lessen the blow, so to speak, uh, to the media. But it obviously didn't go the way they wanted it to. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Will did do you think the Mavs were as aggressive as they should have been this free agency period, or what do you think they could have done better? to have better results than what they've had so far? No, I don't think they were as aggressive as they should have been, and I can focus in for me on a couple of guys. Now, look, ever since we all can remember, for whatever reason, the Mavericks haven't been a free agent destination. We all know this, and it's like one of the great mysteries, the seven wonders of the world. Why do free agents not want to come to Dallas? I've been reading DallasBasketball.com since at least 06, and it may have been before that in 05. I mean, man, I was there for it, for the dust chip. I was there for it through all the – you remember you remember the dust oh, yeah. chip, Eric Dampier? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of the machinations of trying to get Jason Kidd on the second go-around, all of it. And we've always had to do our business through trades. Now, why, man? I mean, I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. We, we all try to convince ourselves, of, you know, no state sales tax, no state income tax, and, and all these different things that can attract a free agent. Um, and I don't know. I don't understand why why it doesn't work. But um, 
I do not think they were most they were aggressive enough, even in that environment. We thought they'd be in the running for Kimba, right? Well, when the Celtics uh, and Kyrie part ways, Kimba looks like he wants to go to Boston and sees that as a fit, so the Mavericks on the outside looking in. I don't know that Horford was ever the right fit in Dallas, considering age and costs. I like Horford a lot, but I don't know that he ever matched up with our young guys where we are in the building process. But there were two guys that I'm like, why aren't we more aggressive in going after these two guys? One is Bogdanovich. Um, Absolutely. They went from, yeah, they went from the Pacers to the Jazz. I think he would have fit in wonderfully. You know, can shoot from three. And right now, that's the main thing I want. I want defense and guys that can shoot from three around Kristaps and Luka. But even more, even more than Bogdanovich, the guy that I really felt, why did this team pull it off and the Mavs weren't in on this, was, the, was uh, Malcolm Brogdon. It was Brogdon to the Pacers, and in a sign and trade, he was you know, he's a restricted free agent. It ended up being four for eighty five, and I can deal with that. I can deal with twenty one million. The Mavs currently, uh, they obviously had space for it, and he fits those things they wanted. Carlisle likes a second ball handler. He's a point guard. He plays defense. He shoots from three. He's a great locker room presence. I mean, Brogdon to me was the perfect fit for the Mavs, and I don't know why we weren't aggressive there where the Pacers were. Right. Right, yeah. Uh, going to going back to Bogdanovich, uh, and you probably read it on DallasBasketball.com, you know, a little bit earlier before free agency started. But that was my what what I called Plan B to you know the Plan K, which there were so many big time free agents, you know, that started with K. Well, my Plan B was to pair Patrick Beverly with Boyan Bogdanovich from Indiana, and yeah. I thought that would be a great combination as far as both guys shooting plus forty percent from three. Uh, Beverly, he's the better defender, obviously, but like you said, Bogdanovich, he would have been a a great a great fit. But I, I agree with you; they they just they weren't near as aggressive as they should have been. I think. Where were they, you guys on? Where were you guys on Brogdon? Did you like Brogdon as much as I did? See, he's kind of the mixture between Bogdanovich yeah. and Beverly to me. He gets defense and shooting. Yeah, I, Matt, you, I'll let you go into what your thoughts on Brogdon, too. I, I'll say this real quick, though. I love Brogdon. I loved what he would have uh, what he would have brought to the Mavs. I think they were a little bit scared off by his, his medical history, is, or at least that's what I heard. So... But, I mean, you just gave Christoph Porzingis a five-year max contract. So, I mean, okay. I, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about all that. But, Matt, what, what were your thoughts on their lack of interest in Brogdon? Well, my whole thing with uh, – I mean, if if, you, if anybody read DallasBasketball.com this week, you saw what I what I put out about, um, you know, the – the way that they talked going into the season about splitting the races and taking things into a new stratosphere. And um, right. m- maybe the Brogdon thing wasn't taking it into a new stratosphere, but that definitely will definitely would have fallen under the splitting your aces category. It would, it would, so, it would have, it would have elevated it more than, you know, DeLon Wright, which, you know, correct. Right. Right. So the fact that, I mean, like you said, Dalton, the fact that they're comfortable enough to give Chris Stapps a huge deal, but not, you know, not give Brogdon a, a lesser four-year, 80, mil, 80 was it $85 million deal? I mean, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'd rather take the risk with the Mavericks training staff and then just, you know, like they did with Wesley Matthews. He was coming off an Achilles. That didn't scare you away. Why, is a, why does a foot problem scare you away? So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. But um, also, you know, 
obviously we can kind of transition for that medical talk. You know, the Mavs had that trade with Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and the Knicks. And um, basically, Will, my question for you is, considering the what the Knicks did in this free agency, we can kind of get a better grasp on on who really won out in that deal. And I, I, I have a feeling which way you're going to lean, but can you can you tell us how you feel about the, the final results of the Chris Stapps and Mavericks trade? Oh, it's a slam dunk for the Mavericks. I mean, slam, <laughs> slam dunk for Dallas. And we haven't even seen Kristaps on the floor yet, you know. Um, but from the Knicks side of the equation, you have to chalk it up as a massive loss. I don't care what they say. And I don't care how prudent they try to appear today about doing smart business. That trade was done. Look, I know that Porzingis supposedly put him to an ultimatum. Didn't want to be in New York anymore. Didn't trust the brass. But they made that trade to clear up cap space to get KD and and Kyrie, or at least two superstars, KD being one of them. That didn't happen for them, so they took a big loss. Now they got Dennis Smith Jr. And on the Mavericks side, you have Kristaps Porzingis, and you've got two of the youngest, best duos in the entire league. Um, unless Porzingis never overcomes these injuries, never, never comes back the same, I think this is an absolute slam dunk win for the Mavs. Yeah, yeah. I'd- I definitely agree with that. I mean, now, if we're just looking at free agency just separate from the trade itself, you know, I think right. I think the Knicks had a little bit better free agency as far as acquiring players, you know, the level of talent of those players that they got and the amount of those players they got. I think, you know, they had the upper hand there. But like Matt was well, how saying. Many those guys would you, how many of those guys would you want, though, on the maps? Randall Portis Gibson. How many of those guys? Yeah, <laughs> Randall at least. The Knicks. The Knicks got power forward happy there. They they sound like five power forwards. <laughs> and then before we got on here, it was announced that they uh they signed Marcus Morris. He backed out of his deal with the Spurs and signed with them. So another power forward. Yeah, they got yeah. another one. <laughs> Big lineup at least. <laughs> When you consider that trade, though, I mean, it's just, like you said, I, I, I think it's a slam dunk as well because you essentially traded Porzingis to get get Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee off of your books so you could have right. that double max cap space, and it just completely blew up in their face. So, like you said, we need to see Kristaps Porzingis on the floor, but, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, what the final result is going to be when it comes to who won that trade. But <clears throat> back, back to the free agency thing, um, there's two players there on the Knicks that I that I actually was interested in, the Mavs, uh, making a play for. I was interested in Julius Randle, and I know apparently the Mavericks never were, but the pairing of Randle and Porzingis offensively was always interesting to me. Um, right. You know, Randle, I guess Randle at the five and Porzingis at the four. Um, Randle could shoot better this past year. You'll never know. Well, we'll know soon, I guess, if that was a one-year aberration or if that was a newfound outside shooting stroke for Randall. But I was just kind of intrigued. I know Zach Lowe's written about that too. Intrigued by the pairing of Randall and Kristaps Porzingis, and then I do like I do like Marcus Morris. Um, I do think that's somebody I would have been interested in. He's just the kind of player I feel like is a a winning player, just a grinder. On the Mass side, I love I love bringing Seth Curry back. I mean, oh yeah. A, I'm really excited about that. I was excited when he was here, disappointed when he left the first time, and still feel like what is I don't, I don't know how Seth is at this point, but I still feel like there's a ton of untapped potential in him. Anybody that can shoot 45 percent from three 
And then, if you know, fitting in again with Kristaps and, and Luca, I'm excited about Seth Curry. Yeah, you can go back to, uh, and well, before I talk about Seth, going back to what you said about Randall, he's a guy that's always kind of intrigued me, and uh, all the Mavs fans out there have seen, or most of them, in my, the ones that I've seen have wanted Randall in Dallas, even though the Mavs, like you said, haven't seemed interested. But, I mean, he would have brought a really, really good inside presence for that team, which is, you know, they're they're trying to find – I think the Mavs are trying to make it to where Porzingis doesn't have to play the five. He can if he needs to, but I think they want to keep him at the four and then maybe just have him play the five on defense, you know, something something like that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the complete lack of interest in Randall, but, I mean, hey, he's making $60 million over three years with the Knicks now, so <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Seth Curry – that's a really nice deal for him. I think he's making eight million per year over the next four, forty-five percent from three. And if you go back and look at some of the uh, highlights, some of the plays he had uh, in his last stint in Dallas, and how he ran the pick and roll with Dirk, and uh, how he—I think uh, our guy Bobby Corrala from Avs.com he mentioned today that uh, Seth Curry. All, like for his entire career, shoots fifty percent on corner threes, which is outrageous. <laughs> so that that definitely runs in the family. It's a great value deal for them, and I mean, I, I think he's going to make a much bigger impact than a lot of people are thinking initially. But well, well not only that, but you know, the, the pairing of him and Delon Wright, I think, is going to be very very interesting to say the least. Because one's you know defense get to the rim. And then the other is, you know, more of a finesse shooting guy. And I think they're going to be able to play very well off of each other in conjunction with Luka and the pick and roll and the way that they like to flow in their offense. I think it's going to be a pretty nice pairing. Let me ask you, do you mind if I ask you guys a couple questions? Yeah, go ahead. So, okay, does DeLon Wright start or does he come in on the second unit, run a pick and roll with somebody else, either with staggered minutes with Kristaps or run it with Dwight Powell? That's what, that's what I'm wondering they're going to do. What are they going to do with DeLon Wright? Because, by the way, on Seth, I think Seth fits with everybody. That's my point. He can right. be on the floor at any time with that third outside option to anybody's pick and roll, any any offense. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm jazzed about Seth, and maybe it's because I'm pretending he's Steph. But I'm really, but I'm really excited about him. I don't know yet. I like Delon Wright. I like the defense. I like his size. I'm curious how they end up using him. Yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to depend if they make another move or not before they get to training camp and the start of the season. If if everything stays as is and they don't make another uh, significant move, I think he probably starts and he probably starts at the two. Uh, from from the advanced numbers I've seen, he has been s- far and away a better player when he plays at the shooting guard position versus the point guard position. Uh, you know, almost every category you look at in those advanced stats, he was in like the 93rd to the 96th uh, percentile when he was at shooting guard, and it wasn't near as good at point guard. So I, I think that's where he'll be at. I think he'll start at shooting guard if the Mavs don't make another significant move. Matt, what what do you see them doing with DeLon Wright? Well, I think they acquired him and and paid him that kind of money so that he would start because I think that their their perimeter defense especially you know within the guards was atro- I don't want to say atrocious, but it was pretty it was pretty damn near close to atrocious. And 
And he can rebound too, which is something that they really want out of their guard position. So I, I imagine he'll start. You can keep going with that too. I just wanted to chime in real quick and say that's another thing uh, about Seth Curry that I think is a little bit underrated. He's not a terrible defender. Like he he made he made some big plays for Portland in that playoff run. You know when they got to the the Western Conference Finals, he had some really big plays uh, on the defensive end uh, of the court. So I think that's a little bit of an underrated part of, of Curry's game. So, so, so you guys, uh, I agree with you totally on the defense. And that's something. So you've got Wright and Luca, Kristaps, and I assume Dwight Powell in the starting lineup, and then somebody at the, what are we going to call it, the three? Like Jackson or Hardaway at the three? Well, in my opinion, I think that you could go either start Seth and DeLon with Luca at the three, or you could start DeLon and Luca. and if you go out and make a move for a three, like, you know, we've we've heard Fish talking today about you know the potential of the or Iguodala, the potential of getting involved uh, with Houston and the Russell West in a Russell Westbrook trade or Miami in a Russell Westbrook trade or to to, to take somebody's take money from somebody so that they can make that move happen and, and get a player in that uh, regard. But um, I, I think they could go I, go you know really any way with it. The thing is, Rick Carlisle never has a real static starting lineup. He does things based on matchups and and who they're you know who they're up against so um I, th- I think you'll see seth start at least you know 25 to 30 games next year at the two i'll say this i my right now can taking all things into consideration how how it's gone for the mavs this summer and what could potentially happen depending on what happens with uh russell westbrook my dream starting lineup at this point like if i had to plug one more guy into that lineup I would have Luca at point guard, DeLon Wright at uh, shooting guard, you know, mainly for the defense. And then I'd like to have Danilo uh, Gallinari at the three. And then either, you know, do something with Chris Stops and Dwight Powell at the four and the five. Maybe even put Maxie in there at the five. But I really, really like the idea of getting Gallinari from OKC in some kind of, you know, salary dump deal. So you want to give me? I'll give you one of my theories here, uh, and this will tie into Gallinari and the Mavericks. Um, you know, everybody can get pretty depressed about this whole star hunting aspect of the NBA. I imagine if you're a Thunder fan today, you're pretty you're pretty down to dumps about everything you've built and seen fall apart over the last couple of years. And I look at two teams, and I think now these two teams provide hope for the entire NBA: the Pacers and the Jazz. Two teams that watched a superstar walk away from their team. And then they built with the remnants. Gordon Hayward leaves the Jazz, and they build that thing up underneath that destruction to what they are today. Paul George forces his way out of Indiana, and they're building around Oladipo and Brogdon. And they just look like a smart organization. And I think smart organizations like the Spurs have for years find value in the shrapnel of other big deals, right? And so – Whatever's going on in Oklahoma City with Steven Adams or Danilo Gallinari, which is actually shrapnel from Kawhi Leonard in, and Paul George in, in Los Angeles. Smart teams, and, I, and maybe this is me being the eternal optimist, and I look at the Mavs and they were preserving that cap space. After a while, was it worth spending that money on C-level free agents? And waiting and seeing what you can take in shrapnel from other teams it's smart i keep hoping for that to be the mavericks mo what they're going to do if we're not going to get if we're not going to be star hunters maybe that's what we can do with this kind of room but we just haven't done it yet 
Right. And the the whole thing with the, you know, Mike Fisher fish, he he reported last night that the Mavs have been talking with the Memphis Grizzlies for Andre Iguodala and right. you know, they don't they don't want to take back Courtney Lee even though he's making I think well, five, 5 million less <laughs> 5 million less than Iguodala. But you know, last week the Memphis Grizzlies or it was reported that they were thinking about uh, buying him out. So I mean, if I had to guess, I would say Andre Iguodala doesn't want to play in Memphis, and I really don't know what better offers they're going to get for him because, you know, uh, the Warriors had to give Memphis a first-round pick to take him in the first place. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how that situation will turn out. To me, it kind of feels like the Mavs are waiting to see what happens with the Westbrook situation to see if there's a better opportunity. Right. There could be shrapnel coming off right. that deal. Right. right. So, But I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they ended up making the Iguodala deal and he's your starting three, which would, I mean, that would be a that'd be a good consolation prize for this team, in my opinion. It feels like the roster right now, the main thing that's missing, besides defense, which always is missing to some degree, is rebounding, right? We, when I look at it, and I add this roster up, and I go through with just Penn, say, how do we get to, what do we need? You know, 40 rebounds plus, what, 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 you know, I can't add it up, right. right? I don't know where our rebounding is coming from. Right. That, that was one, that was another uh, selling point for the Mavs chasing DeLon Wright, is he is a really, really good re- rebounder for his position. And him and Luca together, if that's your if that's your backcourt, that's a really good yeah. rebounding backcourt. So I mean that 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 helps it add up a little bit more. But I mean this is that's what Fish has been saying for a while now that he thinks they're definitely looking for another big. And he said that they like the idea of pairing potentially pairing Kristaps Porzingis with Clint Capella, and we know the Rockets they're interested in Russell Westbrook. So. If they ended up making a deal for Westbrook, then they're going to have to send out a bunch of salary. So uh, maybe maybe the Mavs can get in on something like that. No, I was just going to say, you know, and, and, and those those are the kinds of things that, you know, they need to figure out if they're going to make the playoff push that, you know, they're trying to put themselves in position for. And that, you know, that's also, um, <clears throat> that's kind of the next step in, and KP and, and Luca's development, you know, neither of them have. I don't know if I don't think KP's been to the playoffs, but neither of them have been to the playoffs as far as I know with KP. And they need to get a lot of people. So a lot of people this summer were like, okay, it's stars or bust, right? But really, the next step for this franchise is getting to the playoffs and getting them getting a taste of that kind of atmosphere. And so what, what Dalton and I are curious about, and you know, maybe you can answer this for us is where do you think Luka and KP rank as far as other star duos in the league? And what do you think that they have to do together to help get the Mavs into the playoffs next season? All right. So I have Luka and KP at 10th right now with a ton of potential to move up quickly. All right. I thought about this. and This this is how I have it right now. All right. Number one, you got LeBron and AD. Bottom line is it's like, the third and seventh best player in my rankings in the NBA. They're just yeah. the best two. Uh, number two, Steph and Clay. I just see what they've done. They're the core of a dynasty, and I think they get constantly disrespected. Uh, three, Kawhi and PG-13. Four, KD and Kyrie. I'm not much of a Kyrie believer. Not big on him, and we got to see what KD comes back like. Five, I've got Jokic and Murray. And now we start getting into... 
Uh, I think ground where Luke and KP can get, not in the too distant future. Six is Giannis and Middleton, and that's largely by Giannis, driven by Giannis. Yeah. How awesome I think he is. Is that how you're supposed to do it, by the way? If he's so good, does he pull up the pairing? I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I would uh, say so. <laughs> seven, uh, Lillard and, and CJ McCollum. Eight, Harden CP3. I'm not a big fan of the, this duo, uh, but you got to respect what they've done. And then nine, Simmons and Embiid. And then I have Luka and, and Kristaps. And look, I feel like I'm showing some humility at having them 10th because I want to put them higher. But oh, yeah. we've, ne- we've never seen them play one minute together. We don't know what Kristaps' health is. Luka just came off his rookie season, albeit an amazing rookie season. I think there are a lot of unknowns in these two, both individually, not with Luka, and as a duo. But I do believe like within a year, they could be sitting like at that 6, 7, 8 range for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I think putting them tenth right now is definitely fair. Uh, that's the thing, you know, all those all those duos that you mentioned above, except for you know LeBron and AD, uh, they have a lot of playoff experience, and well, LeBron definitely right. has playoff experience by himself, but you know, AD he's probably going to get that this year, but. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think if they hit the ground running and Chris stops, I think when the season starts, it'll be, what, 20 months since he's been on the basketball court, and I think he'll be ready to go. I think he'll be fresh, and if they do what we think they're capable of doing, I could see him getting up in that, you know, top five range in the, not like you said, not-too-distant future, but... Uh, now, now, Dalton, I'll say this. I, I may have put him a tenth, but I wouldn't trade the pairing for some of the ones I have above them. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't try to ride this train. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the age is the age is the biggest thing there. You've got you've got Luca at 20 years old and Chris Stops, I think he just turned 24. I mean, uh, the the youth is what's crazy. Uh, you have them as a top 10 pairing and, <laughs> and they're both in their early 20s. It there it can only go up from there, but Matt, what do you think about his top 10 there? Um I mean I I might swap around you know, around a couple of them, but as far as um, Luca and KP, I mean, obviously I want to put them higher too. But the like you guys said, the youth, the upside, the the versatility that those two bring with the shooting and the you know all the different things they can do together. It's I think by the end of the year, if all goes as everyone expects, um, they'll get their first taste of playoff experience, and they'll get to you know move their their way up that list probably into five, six, or seven range, you know, before you know it. If somebody was listening in, in Boston, they might have – what I'm wondering about, we're all Mavs fans here and we're all being honest about it. Yeah. Do you think that, like, what about Kimba and Tatum or Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley? Are we being – are we being a little rose-colored glasses here? I don't think so. I still want Luke and KP over Kimba and Tatum. But if I, if I if I'm just looking at it, objectively taking everything into consideration and you know what we know that Porzingis is capable capable of when he's healthy and you have Luca who just averaged 21 8 and 6 his rookie year uh I, I don't think it's too far-fetched to to have them where they're at and even when you mentioned those players you just did I I still think I wouldn't say that we're being complete homers about that um so I, I I think that's I think we're being uh, I, I think we're being you know 
very objective putting him that low because if it was you know my own personal list and just what popped into my head, I would have him in the top five or six automatically. So, <laughs> well, look, I'm gonna I was gonna ask this thing last, but I'm gonna move it up just to you know transition from what we've been talking about. But we saw so much movement this off season. There were nine all stars that changed teams. Uh, there, there's no super teams now. It's there's a lot of really, really good teams, some really good duos like we've talked about. And I mean, do you think this is a good thing for the NBA? Will do you think it it helps the Mavs' chances of making the playoffs next year, or is it even harder? I think it's a good thing for the NBA uh, in the short term. And I don't think that's a close call in the short term. Well, but look, I have to acknowledge that some people feel differently. I mean, I don't like super teams. I'm not. I'm not into the. I, this. This is actually my biggest complaint with the NBA. Okay, as an entertainment product, that for several years, going on forever, actually for decades, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion who's going to win the NBA championship. You you know you have a prohibitive favorite from you know Celtics to Heat to warriors with spurs mixed in there and i need more drama i need more unpredictability that's what entertainment is anything right. could happen and yeah we got that this year and we got it and Kawhi is amazing but we got it because of injuries largely but i need the idea that that multiple teams are in on winning a championship and with Kawhi's decision it's one of the reasons i respect it and like it so much i do think you opened up eight nine different teams that have Reason to tell themselves, hey, we can win it all this year. Let's go win on this. What can we do here? Mavericks aren't in that group. But um, <laughs> that, that's, that's a ton of teams compared to most seasons. And I think that's great for the NBA. I mean, I just, there's so many changes I would make to the NBA. If they made me commissioner tomorrow, I really think I could improve this product. This is one of them. By the way, you want two others really quickly? I yeah. want that midseason. I want that midseason tournament that. Adam Silver's talking about. I want that one and done February Madness FA Cup. I don't know if you're soccer fans, but yes. like FA Cup in the middle of the season. I want that because by February, half the teams are tanking and they're already done with the season. Fan bases are out. If you had in, in, in a one and done tournament, anything could happen, right? So, right. Um, I, I don't know. I love that idea. And then I want to do away with the lottery. I want to do away with the ping pong balls. And I want to have a postseason tournament of the 14 teams that don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Again, one and done. And I want the best team to get the first pick. I mean, if you think about the NBA, the problem, the biggest problem they have to overcome is what I said earlier, the, un, the, the, the predictability. We're on the road now and tanking incentives like so what you would end up with over the 82 game schedule is 30 games that that either one of the teams doesn't care about or it's so stacked with a super team that you're, what do you watch you're watching the harlem globetrotters against the washington what was it called the was it the generals generals yeah so. yeah <laughs> that's what you're watching i'm not in on that so i know I'm, i know i'm on my soapbox here but this is what happens when you have a solo radio show no it's uh-huh. great keep going <laughs> that's that's one short term it's good Long term, here's my thing on this. I do worry about. I thought I don't know if it was nine all stars. How many all stars it was? Yeah, nine. I do, I, I do worry about this man um, because you guys. I, I'll be curious if you feel differently than me on this, but I'm not. I guess what is the traditional NBA fan now? It seems to me that most NBA fans root for dudes like. They're into certain guys. And, and my favorite player that doesn't wear a Mavericks uniform is Giannis. I love Giannis. Yes. Um, 
but I'm not going to follow Giannis. Like, I, I, I can't root for Giannis over the Mavs. My prism I'm getting at in the sports, any sport, um, is I have to have a rooting interest, and that rooting interest has to be the team. And I believe most of it should be birthright. Like, Cowboys, Mavericks, Rangers, those were birthrights for me. The only right. time in my life I've ever been a sports free agent, fan free agent, was in soccer because I didn't grow up rooting for soccer. I adopted that some years ago. And everybody you tell me I'm a front runner, but I picked Manchester City a little before they were so dominant that they are now. Yes, yes. You're a City fan? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, huge. Now, hey, by, by the way, Matt, here's my theory on that. I have to have a theory on these things, right? <laughs> I picked Man City because I live in New York City, so I didn't grow up with FC Dallas. They came along later. Um, and so my kids are real into soccer, and we got into NYCFC. Uh, the MLS club up here, and they're half owned by Manchester City. So I'm like, okay, I can draw a line here, and I like powder blue. So I can draw a line here and be a fan of this team. But what I'm getting at is with players moving so quickly, you know, like like Paul George one year into a four-year deal, I'm just worried that over the long term we're going to erode fans like me, and maybe there aren't that many, but fans that are connected to the team. It's like, why, why am I into this Dude, this team who could be here today and gone tomorrow. And I'll tell you, last point. I'm a I'm a bigger Cowboys fan than I am a Mavericks fan. But my favorite Dallas athlete of all time is Dirk Nowitzki. And that oh, yeah. and I think that I think that says, you know, I think that says volumes about who he was, the loyalty he showed to Dallas, and the loyalty we owe him in return. See, that's the I don't know, that's the foundation of my sports stuff. And so Dudes moving around the NBA one year to the next. I, I don't know, man. I worry about that over the long over the long run. Well, and just to branch off of that, I don't know how how deep you are into the into Mavs Twitter, but you know, over the past week, given what happened in in free agency, and you know, it seemed that the Mavs missed out on a lot of guys and. There were people out there overreacting already, saying that, "Oh, well, I hope I hope Luca doesn't get disgruntled and demands a trade or starts planning to leave in the near future." When what? I think the Mavs have at least seven more years of control, assuming that he's going to take his his uh, max extension when his rookie deals up. So, I, I mean, there, there's already people thinking about, "Oh man, what what if they can't properly build around?" Luca and and Kristaps Porzingis and Luca ends up leaving in the future. So, uh, I mean, it's already starting to worry people. I'm not in that group. I think they will take extremely good care of Luca, and I think he's going to be around for a long time. And look, I'm one of those guys that I get excited every free agency, despite what's happened in the past for the Mavs. <laughs> so, so I I'm looking at some of these these really valuable deals that they've been able to sign, even their their in-house guys like Kleba and, and Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith and all these very uh, doable deals. And th- they're deals that can be moved if needed later down the road. I really think they have an eye towards uh, 2021 free agency when Giannis is up for it. So, yeah, but man, I can't even allow myself to get excited about that. Like, <laughs> I'm an optimist every year, but I'm not even going to start. I told myself, don't you dare start hoping for Giannis. Don't do it. Matt, Matt told me that. 
That's exactly what I was telling Dalton earlier in the day. He texted me. He sent me like a paragraph about how he thinks that they could really be eyeing 2021. I was just like, man, I, I'm not ready to be hurt again. I can't, no, I just get out can't. of here with that. <laughs> but, but Will, I, uh, I, want, I wanted to touch on this soccer point real quick before we move on to our last thing. Um, so you talked about uh, about things, changes you would make. One change that I would like to see the NBA make is to go to a more soccer type system where every it's just free reign, and if you want to go buy a player, you can go buy a player, a player, and uh, pay a ton of money for him. Um, I think that would be really exciting and really great. The you know the uh, the soccer transfer window is one of the most exciting things in sports, as far as I'm concerned. But um, also, I wanted to tell you real quick the way I became a Man City fan was actually uh, because of the Mavericks because they reminded me of the Mavericks so much. It was, you know, yeah, because, you know, they were very average for a long time, like, you know, successful at the beginning and then average for a long time and then bad for a while and then a billionaire bought them. guys, guys, I I hate to interrupt here, but Woj just tweeted that Oklahoma City has agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Rockets for Chris Paul. (laughs) Really? Yeah, and first round picks in 2024, 26, and pick swaps in 21 and 25. <laughs> wow. 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 Breaking news on the step back. So, okay, so Russ has four years left on a five year, $200 million deal, right? Correct. And, yep. and what does Chris Paul have left on his? It's, isn't it like three? It's similarly bad on an average annual basis, but short, uh, maybe one year shorter. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's one year shorter. He'll be making $44 million at age 37. Yeah. Okay, so what Oklahoma City got is one less year on the contract and the picks <laughs> out of that. That That's a shocker to me, man. I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Russ oh. and Harden? Tell me how that. Well, they were together before. They were Tell me how that's going to work. <laughs> the best player. Know, they're they're the, a little bit different now than they used to be. The best player from that original better, yeah, trio the isn't worst, there. Right? <laughs> oh, they're man. different now than they used to be. Right? Meaning, meaning they. How how are you going to divide that up? Like, I, I I'm at a loss. I don't know. Man, that. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Russ is going to stand out there and, and shoot 29 percent from three while Hart <laughs> pounds it into the floor and kicks it out to him. It's not going to work. Oh, man. A lot of all, all that time and, and energy spent thinking about all these different three-way trade scenarios, and nobody thought, okay, they'll swap Chris Paul for, for Russell Westbrook. Well, I, thought, I thought about it, but I was like, no, that's too boring. They won't do that. But, you know, of course, I'm always thinking of things with Mavs glasses on. Well, well Oklahoma City, I'll, I'll say this. This is a little... The, the, the way I was talking up Indiana and Utah earlier, I will say that Oklahoma City is is now positioned. I mean, how many picks do they have over the next – between what they got from the Clippers and now the Rockets? If there is some disgruntled star, Ben Simmons says, I'm out. I know I just signed an extension, but I'm out. Or Embiid or Giannis. I don't think it's in Giannis's personality. Who has the ammo to pull off the Kawhi-type deal? It's New Orleans and Oklahoma City. It's those teams. Yeah. Man, that I, I'm still shocked by this. Oklahoma City, like you, you were talking about the picks. They have they, in the last week, they have gotten seven first round picks and four pick swaps. <laughs> that wow. that is unreal. Presti, 
Presty, he knows what he's doing. That's all I can say about that. But all right. I wonder if Chris Paul stays there if he keeps moving. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna have a hard time finding a place for him. But uh, yeah, I don't know I, where you could move him to. But it doesn't fit on Oklahoma City. His age. Man, I I don't know. I I I kind of feel like they're stuck with him, and they got him for the picks. Or, I mean, obviously, uh, with what's left on that contract, I don't think you could negotiate any kind of reasonable buyout or anything like that i i think you either have to trade him again or just keep him uh but we'll see yeah yeah (laughs) okay well aside from that that little bit of breaking news from woge will this was this was our last point we're going to talk with you about you've been you have been high on luca since day one you know you believed in him before he even even hit the court and I saw you tweet this out the other day. I thought it was hilarious. But your guy Stephen A. Uh, on first take, he, uh, you two had different opinions, I guess, on who was going to be the the best rookie coming out of this this class. He thought it was DeAndre Ayton, and uh, you kept your receipts, or uh, some guy kept their the receipts on uh, on Luca and put them on YouTube and everything. But just talk us through that. Have you have you already let Stephen A. know about that a little bit? No, I mean, honestly, I haven't. I actually haven't let him know about that. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons that I, I am enjoying talking to you guys is I don't get to talk enough Mavericks up here, uh, neither in the right. national media nor nor just in my social life. I'm in New York City. And you see, you can say, well, you have a national radio show. Why Look, man, every time I talk Maverick, some radio programming director is like, why are you talking Mavericks? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't rate. But I forced it in. I get it in where I can get it in. Um so we haven't certainly we haven't talked about it on air, and I don't think Stephen A. would be ready to admit mistake even <laughs> off air on something like this. I will tell you why I was in on Luca, and I was in on Luca before he was even a Maverick. And um, this is this is one of my favorite things in sports. So I told you my kid's into soccer, and one of his coaches talked about this idea called um, Oodle Loop. There was a famous fighter pilot named uh, John Boyd, and he developed the F six F sixteen for the for the Air Force. And he talks about who's the best fighter in a dogfight. And it's the guy who can OODA loop the fastest. That's O-O-D-A loop <laughs> the fastest. I don't know if, you, if I'm telling you things you already know. I'm sorry. But uh, it's observe, orient, decide, and act. Constantly. Go back to the start. Observe, orient, decide, and act. Because a dogfight is a constantly fluid motion, right? You have to make decision upon decision based upon changing information one after the other. And he would talk about it in terms of soccer, right? You got to always be evaluating the field, repositioning where you are, decide, act, do it again, quick, quick, quick. And in soccer, and Matt will appreciate this, the guy that I love, 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 my favorite player is a guy that I feel like runs on a three second loop ahead of everybody else. He sees what's going to happen on the field before everybody else. His name's Kevin De Bruyne. I knew it. Good choice. He's an amazing. An understated midfielder, because these guys are often understated. They're not the most athletic guys on the field. They're not the ones who wow you. But you're always wondering, like, how did he see that pass? How was he to where he needed to be ahead of time? Right. And when I started watching um, Luca highlights uh, on YouTube back when that draft was coming around, I mean, I saw the same thing. The dude was just OODA looping faster than everybody else. He's on. A, he's playing the game three seconds ahead of everybody else. And that's going to overcome whatever – you know, speed of his step he's missing or whatever it may be in athleticism he may not have over a guy like John Morant or whoever it may be. It just makes him somebody I'm like, that guy, you want that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then a, a, a few weeks ago before the draft, we had a Mavs uh, 
director of player personnel, Tony Renzoni, on the pod. And he was, you know, he's he's really big in helping Donnie Nelson uh, recruit, especially overseas or scout, I should say, overseas. And he was talking about, you know, the, they don't have to have great end-to-end speed. He, the main thing he looks at is footwork. And that's one of the, the biggest things that Luca has. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, he's got it. Uh, it. It's one of the the main reasons they, they like these Euro players the way they do because they're looking at the footwork and they're looking how they, they play the game overall, not just overall speed. So, But, Matt, you have anything else to add before we take off here? No, no. I, I mean, I uh... – <clears throat> I just it, it it's always nice, Will, when you're on the uh, when you're on first take. I don't watch it that often because it's on when I'm at work most of the time. But when I do get a chance to catch it, it's always nice when you're on to kind of be the the voice of reason among the, <laughs> you know, among, the among the talking heads in there. Um, I appreciate uh, that. Thank yeah, you. I, I, I saw you on with Ryan Hollins recently, and that was a, that was a real good one. Um, <laughs> some reason is needed on that set. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, we'd love to have you again in the future. Thanks, guys. I'll be happy to do it again anytime. Appreciate All right. it, folks. We appreciate it, Will. Have a good one. All right. See you. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about this this breaking news, this, this Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade between the Thunder and the Rockets. So stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, again, that that was Will Kane that was with us talking about the Mavs and uh, the NBA overall and, you know, how not having any more three-man super teams is, is good for the league and stuff of that nature. But uh, you can find him at Will Kane on Twitter, and he's got the Will Kane show on ESPN Radio, and you can also catch him on First Take from time to time. So, uh, but Matt, we're just going to jump right into it. And <laughs> we talked about it with, with Will Kane in the first part there, but man, this is, <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up on Twitter and wrap my head around this. Uh, we, we've been talking about how the Mavs could potentially benefit from Russell Westbrook going to either, uh, either the Rockets or the Miami Heat in a three-team trade, but I mean, I'm—I'll be honest. I didn't even think Chris Paul was tradable. I—I I didn't see this coming, man. So, uh, you can give your thoughts on it, but I'm still kind of dumbfounded here. Well, I mean, what do you? So when we open up the the tradeNBA.com, which by the way, everybody out there, stop using ESPN Trade Machine. It's garbage. Um, use tradeNBA.com when you're trying to make up your hypothetical trades. When I got on there earlier to figure out how the Mavs can maybe get involved, you know, I was I was sending Courtney Lee over to Oklahoma City because he was an expiring deal, and you know, thinking PJ Tucker was going to come in. Uh, I, you know, I, I saw Chris Paul's salary and, and Russell Westbrook Westbrook's salary, and I was like, those things match, but that's just too easy. There's there's no way they're going to swap star for star. You know, maybe D'Antoni likes the idea of three-point guards who just need the ball in their hands all the time. Um, but shit, man. 
That just blew. I mean, no. I, I thought I, I I thought our our thing with uh, with Will was about to wind down, and <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 starting to talk soccer, and then pff, fuck Woj bomb, man. Man, I'll, it, it, I I can't. Like I I'm I'm still in shock. I, I was really in earlier today when Twitter collapsed for like an hour. I was just thinking, you know, something's gonna happen with the Russ the Russ trade stuff while Twitter's down and Woj is probably sweating bullets because he can't get it out there. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was pretty close because it's happening now. And like you said, I, I don't know. You gotta. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about this. Daryl Morey and Sam Presti agreeing on this deal. I know that Presti is accumulating as many first-round picks as possible. It makes you wonder if there is any other team out there that they could trade Chris Paul to. Uh, and it also makes you wonder if if they're going into full rebuild mode right now, which it seems like they are. I mean, now you don't have – you've gotten rid of Kevin Durant – well, he left you, but yeah, you've lost Kevin Durant. You traded James Harden, um, and now you've traded Russell Westbrook, and they're in full rebuild mode, in my opinion. That, By the way, that gives me a little bit of hope that the Mavs could, you know, try and do something to get Danilo Gallinari. So okay, let me interject real quickly, um, and then we can continue. Can you imagine being an Oklahoma City fan right now? First, you had a Kevin Durant jersey. Well, look, you know our guy Tyler. Then, <laughs> you know our guy Tyler Upchurch, who he does so many good uh, graphics. He's a graphic designer. Uh, he went to Oklahoma. He lives in Oklahoma City, I believe, or somewhere right right there near it. But uh, I was texting with him the other day, and you know where he works. He said there were a bunch of people in that area that they're just depressed. They're just down in the dumps because. To them, Russell Westbrook was kind of like their Dirk, and obviously he didn't stay with the Thunder near as long as Dirk did. It was about half the time Dirk spent with the Mavs, but you know, to them, that's how they—that's how much they loved Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine how they're feeling right now. <laughs> well, so imagine though, you you, you buy a, a Kevin Durant jersey, and then he leaves. And then you're like, oh, well. Or no, first you buy a Harden jersey. Sorry. You buy a Harden jersey, and then he leaves. You're like, okay, well, I'll just get a KD. He's arguably the best player in the NBA. He'll never leave. Yep. Next one. So then you have to trade that one in for a Westbrook. And Man. What do you do now? Do you, do you, do you get a Terrence Ferguson jersey? They're going to do a 30 for 30 on ESPN one day about that Thunder team. Because they never won a title with three MVPs, right? Because you know they they made it to the finals that year against the Miami Heat. The year before, the Mavs waxed them in the Western Conference Finals, which was amazing. And then the year after that, they got their revenge, sort of, in the first round of the playoffs and went on to the finals to lose to the Heat. And then that's when it all started to fall apart. You have to wonder. You have to wonder if Sam Presti, as good of a general manager as he is, you have to wonder if he kind of underestimated James Harden a little bit. Because 
that trade was horrible. What I think he traded James Harden for Kevin Martin, if I'm not mistaken. It was a bad trade. You know, if, if going back on it, you, I bet you he he wishes that he would have traded Westbrook instead of Harden, and that he would have tried to keep uh, Durant and Harden together, or just keep them all together. I mean, if they keep Harden, if they keep those three together. I mean, they not only I think, not. I on- think financially that was going to be really difficult. Well, that's probably true. Well, if they would have kept James Harden, it's like you you look at uh, Durant right before he left to go to go to the Warriors. They were up three one on the Warriors in that Western Conference Finals series before they uh, before the Warriors won three straight and. We, we know how all that went. And then the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals, and then KD went to the Warriors. But anyway, you know, if, if they keep James Harden, it's crazy to think about the ripple effect it could have on the rest of the league. Because, I don't know, man. I think they at least win one title if they keep those three together. That's just my personal opinion. As close as they were with Russ and KD... And, you know, them making it to the finals with that original three before breaking it up, I, I really do think they would have won a title if they kept them all together. I agree. Um, it's unfortunate. We'll never know. Um, they could have been a real problem for, for Golden State. Um, you have to think that, that that trio would have been even better than Steph and, you know, Draymond and Clay, but I guess you know we're never going to know. But um, what what kind of sucks for us and, and this podcast and all of our fans listening, and for for Will, who we just got off the phone with, is now what the hell do the Mavericks do? You know, trying to get another player, do they have to settle for Iguodala? Oh, PJ Tucker is not going to be on the not going to be on the market. Clint Capella is not going to be on the market. Um. Well, and Maybe. Will, and Will, he met. I'm, I'm just trying to keep up with my feed here, and he just, he just tweeted out a couple of minutes ago, and he said it while he was on the pod. But OKC and New Orleans won the NBA draft. Both are positioned to be the team to deal for the next disgruntled superstar, and he's absolutely right. There are so they have so many picks, and so many young players. Well, New Orleans has more young players than OKC, but still, like, it's unreal how many picks they acquired <laughs> this past yeah, week, this, couple of weeks. This is unreal. And then this Sam, I mean, Sam Amick, Sam Amick, almost double digits. Exactly. Sam Amick just tweeted out, and this this kills what I was hoping for with Gallinari, but. He said, for those who are wondering, sources tell The Athletic that OKC does this deal with full anticipation that Chris Paul will be part of a good team that now has treasure trove of assets. A treasure trove of assets. Gallinari, SGA, Adams, Roberson, Noel Core, and eight new first rounders. <laughs> okay, so first of all, that's a dumb tweet. For one reason and one reason only. That core is not very impressive, Matt. <laughs> that's that's that, well, that that core is not very impressive. But also, Noel should not be considered part of a, anybody's core. No, not when he's signing one year deals, one year minimum deals. No, he's he's reaching with that. Um, does Oklahoma City feel that way? I I doubt it. Um, I like the idea of 
Paul and Gallinari and SGA, those three guys are, are fine, and, and, and Adams is good. But Roberson, the, I mean, and Noel, I mean, what? come on. let's. Come I'll on. tell you what. I'll tell you what, Matt. You know what this – this makes me think that the Iguodala deal is going to happen. And you know what else this means? What? My Drogic dreams are dead. It might not be, man. I mean, do it. No, they're dead, Dalton. They're dead and buried, and I'm depressed. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, is, are, it, is it messed up that that's the first thing I thought of when I heard about this deal? When I heard about Chris Paul getting traded for Russell Westbrook? Look, I mean, probably. But if the Mavs could still, if they wanted Drogic enough, and I don't, I really don't think they do, given what we've heard and what's gone down the last few weeks, even though I know they're interested to a certain degree. I just don't know how much they're interested. But if they could send out matching salary and trade for Drogic if they wanted to uh, give the Heat another asset. Because I think the way the Heat are looking at it, he helps them. He helps that team. I mean, he's when you've got Jimmy Butler as your star and we know how he can be with the young players uh as we've seen in philadelphia and in, in chicago it it's almost like they would benefit from keeping Drogic around am i saying that right again i, I mess up his name every single time Dragic, 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 drag itch like Ivan, like Ivan Drago. Like I've got an itch. I've got an itch yeah. in my armpit Drog or something. Drog itch. Drog itch. Okay. You, you, you gotta, you gotta roll the R. All right. Sorry, guys. I we have to work R, this. But... I have to work this out right now, or I will not remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, it, it's probably dead. Now they probably need Drogic. Now they probably Whoa. need. Woo. Uh, I mean, they do. They do. Miami needs him. I mean, who else? Who else is going to score on that team besides Jimmy Butler? That's true. Well, I mean, you can you can uh, open up your hopes again next summer because he is on an expiring deal. So, well, uh, I th- I don't think it has to be next summer. I think it's I think it's the trade deadline because I don't think Miami is going to be as good as they think they're going to be now that they've missed out on acquiring Russell Westbrook. And I think that they'll be you know, I think they'll make the playoffs in the East. But making the playoffs in the East is not exactly an accomplishment these days. If you're if you if you're from eight to five in that in that kind of range, it's like okay, you're above five hundred. Congratulations, you want a cookie? So, I mean, I think Orlando's better than they are too. Um, it, what 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 could happen? And and we'll we'll wrap it up after this. But what could happen is they see that they're not going to make the playoffs, or that they're you know not at the upper echelon of the East and that they need to make another move in order to get, to get up that way. And then maybe they can, you know, either a move, move Dragic for, for cap space in the summer or B move him in a three way deal. A lot like they were trying to do with Jimmy Butler and then get another star. And that's probably the only way it's going to happen until he's a free agent. And then I have zero doubt that he'll be a Maverick after that. Well, and like I said, we'll, we'll if if something if something else happens with the Mavs, you know, in the trade market or whatever, we will consider you know coming back on here and doing an emergency pod if it warrants it. If not, 
you know, maybe we'll have a lot to talk about next week. But, Matt, like I said, I really think, and, and Fish had the scoop on this last night that the Mavs were talking with the Grizzlies about uh, Iguodala, and they don't want to take back Courtney Lee, even though it saves them money, and they'd be getting a, a second-round pick, too. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know I don't know who's going to give Memphis any more than what the Mavs are offering for Iguodala. So, We'll see how it goes. Uh, Guys, that's going to do it for another edition of the Step Back Mavs podcast. Uh, We appreciate you coming on every week and and listening to us. If you've been following us on Twitter uh, or on the pod account, which is at Step Back Mavs, you know that uh, we've got some t-shirts on the way. There's a lot of you that have already pre-ordered. We appreciate that. If you're interested, go to the page, see what the shirts look like. If you want one, uh, send us a DM at Step Back Mavs. Tell us your size. Um, they're going to be twenty five ninety five for a Comfort Colors brand, and it'd be thirty dollars if you want them shipped to you. But twenty twenty five ninety five if you want to uh, pick one up uh, at the next Mavericks meetup. Which uh, tell me a little bit more about that, Matt. Obviously, I can't be there. I don't think you're going to be there at this next one either, but Fish will. So tell them a little bit about that next Mavs fan meetup that's happening next weekend. So uh, it's going to be out on uh, on July 19th, which is actually my birthday, guys. Um, if, if you want to, uh, to go out to Fish's Bar, it's the Maverick Bar in Carrollton. Um, you can Google it. It's also on Twitter. It's just at the Maverick, I believe, or at Maverick Bar. Um, but... Basically, it's it's a lot like what we did at Petty Colas. Um, you know, Reddit at Reddit Mavs on Twitter. Um, he he put it together with Tyler Adams, and it's just a meetup with with you know um, beer and and good food and, and and Mavs. You know, Mavs media members. You know, Fish will be there. Uh, Skin's gonna be there, I believe. Um, so and and there's you know there's more to come. I'm sure Bobby will be there. Uh, one of the guys that write, other guys that writes for our site, Matt Postens will be there. So um, you know if you if you can you know get out there and 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 you know mix it up with everybody, it's going to be a real good time. Um, as far as the t-shirts go, uh, if you are local in Dallas and you want a t-shirt, you don't necessarily have to get it shipped to you. Uh, when you when you when you DM us, we can. Um, we can work something else out. We have an idea in mind, but uh, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, we we would love for you to uh, wear our faces on your body if you are so inclined. <laughs> so uh, let us know. And don't worry, guy. If if you were one of those people that saw the original t-shirt pic that that was posted, don't don't to, say the nipple thing. I'm not gonna don't. say it. I'm just gonna say what I was gonna say, Matt. Is if you saw that initial picture, we moved the logo up a good two two and a half inches or so so we don't have that issue <laughs> so if you're interested let us know we'll be glad to hook you up we'll just dm us we'll go over all the details but guys again we appreciate it uh stay tuned to dallasbasketball.com for all the the good writing going on there uh stay tuned to the step back for the rest of the summer and you know as we get closer to training camp we have some some really big guests set to come on uh, just like we did with Will tonight, who was a great guest. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Yeah, I swear I give them hope. I say I'm cleaner than the
float This time of year proves who a really single float for Yeah, real. it's the Mavericks, all about action Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit You know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity Late nights, early mornings But we all want the trophy at the end of the day And that's the beauty of this game Cause at the end of the day only the real gon' float, man, for real. You either sink or you float. Only the real gon' float. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe. And your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.